0: A quick disclaimer, before today's episode, we had some slight audio issues um, about uh, uh, microphones picking up the sounds from the speakers, but editing caught like 99% of that, so you should be fine. Just ignore it. You'll get used to it. Don't worry about it. Hello, Dave. Hello, Nick. Are you well? Yes, I'm well. Um,
1: well, for the th- third time, or... It, or Sixth? Well, you've lost me. That's good. That's a good amount of well. Thank you, what, thank you. <laughs> I'm,
0: try- I'm trying to count the amount of guest episodes we've had.
2: Oh, yeah. Well. You've had, you've had, had, okay. You know, I, 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 oh, I probably shouldn't have jumped in there. But I think it's been two others, because it's that freaking Deke and Canton Parker. I That's
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. I was trying to make a bit. Because we've had our wives on here, and I've had my brother-in-law on here as well.
2: Fantastic. Okay. Let me, let me retract that. We can, we can gladly start again if you'd like.
0: Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of everyone's favorite podcast, the Critical Locate okay podcast. I'm your co-host, Nick. And I'm Dave. Hello, Dave. Hi Nick, are you well? Yes, because I can count now. I know <laughs> we have had three guests on this show from this day onwards.
1: That's right, and it's only yes, getting and the, better. This, I'm sure it's,
0: it's only getting, getting better. better. This, <laughs> this this is only going to make sense if you've listened to, to this episode's <laughs> cold open. That's very true. Oh, yeah, the power of
1: editing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who's our who's our guest today, Nick? To
0: today's guest, we've got none other than Caleb Jansons, who oh, yeah, uh, Instagram, YouTube, extraordinaire, uh, watching every single movie in existence. Please, Caleb, introduce yourself.
2: I-, I wouldn't say extraordinaire, but I really do appreciate the kind words. <laughs>
1: oh come on! I've no been problem. watching your videos and stuff. You're you you are pretty. You're doing pretty well. Like I said, it's it's in a in a space that's quite saturated with people. I think your stuff's pretty unique and a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Like I said, I'd say. You're knocking it out of the park, as we'd say. You know, like I say, you're, you're very humble,
2: say. <laughs> Well, thanks, guys. I really do appreciate it. And yes, for those of you that are curious, it definitely did start off with movie only, but I'm definitely moving more into just a, I would say, geek culture space. And that'd be from movies to, to video games, uh, comic books, just anything geek related. I'm kind of like dipping my yeah. toes into at the moment because... As much as I love movies, you can only talk about a movie so many times before you feel like the content you're creating is getting a little bit stale. So I've been trying yeah. to almost yeah. reinvent myself so that there is new content coming out that people can can watch, listen to, and enjoy.
1: Yeah, chance make great. that variety, a jack, uh, a jack of all trades, right? Get, it, get in there amongst everything. No, that's very well, cool. Well, I'm glad you're transitioning into geek
0: culture. We're definitely in the right company. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Than- so you're doing more video games, you say?
2: Yes. So um at the moment busy working on Mortal Kombat one, which I know Canton oh. and Alec are also both busy working on. So so shout yeah. out to them because the content they've created for Mortal Kombat has been amazing. Something that actually I'm not allowed to say at the moment is I'm actually even busy working on a video game myself. So me and my friends are busy making our own video game that we want to release to the public next year. So that is also oh. very, very exciting. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that game. is very, very cool. You're one of these people that 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 makes it. Uh, makes like forty eight hours out of twenty four hours, right? You, you always yes. you always seem to be doing something there. It something does here, seem like something. It. Like, do you sleep? <laughs> like, like I said, I'm always. <laughs> How do you? I, like I said, the idea that you get all these things done, it's very impressive. It's you know, it's it's somewhat intimidating. But like I say, you you, you review Netflix, you review games, you're making a computer game, you do uh, voiceover work. Damn. You, you make me tired. That's Just a lot.
2: Guys, I won't lie. I am tired. <laughs> 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 I can. I have, to, I have to take my shoes and socks off if I want to count the number of mental breakdowns I've been having recently in regards oh, to burnout.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, no. At least you're still young for now. You know, that's yes. what the youth is all about fundamentally. Yeah. And I'm it. glad
0: you're still standing to join us for an episode on this podcast. Exactly. Because this week... This week we had we had a very special game, a game close to a lot of people's hearts. Dave, how about you enlighten us? What did we
1: play this week? Well, this week, as you said, it was it's a, a classic, definitely for my era of gamers because I think I was still in my twenties when this came out. came came out, so I was quite old. Uh, this is Mass Effect, the very first one, the first one to kickstart the whole space opera uh, uh, extravaganza that that that's now happened with Starfield and everything else that's coming out now. This is this is the the pinnacle, in my opinion. You can imagine that I'm praising this game quite a lot because I love it. Uh, this is the pinnacle of the genre, the sci-fi adventure storytelling genre. Yeah. And you or, know, I'm super excited. This is the game we're doing this, because I love
0: it. This trilogy, right, yes, would be the peak. Not just so. the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not the first one.
1: Yeah. this said This is where I already know there's going to be some contention <laughs> because I love the first one. Now, granted, it's uh, because uh, there's memories and stuff in regards to my, my childhood or my my young adolescence. But I'm yep. like, this is why it's going to be a good episode, because I, I understand because both you and Caleb are a younger generation, it kind of hits a lot of marks that games now do today, which is going to be a lot of fun. And and I believe this was actually the game Caleb brought forward, because it's one of his uh, favourites, right, Caleb?
2: Right, yes. Yes, that is 100% true. I will say this, though, and, and I'll, I'll get some hate because I know I brought up Mass Effect but Mass Effect 2 is just the better game all around. Wa- all like, Mass Effect 2 is where Even it's Even I'd say
1: that. Yeah, I would say that. That one, that one. strange for a sequel to, to do so much better than the first, but I'll agree that Mass Effect 2 definitely did a better job than the first one.
0: Well, this was around the time when sequels did better than the first games. I think Uncharted 2 did better than Uncharted 1. A lot of people would argue Dead Space 2 did better than Dead Space 1.
2: No, I was going to say, like, it it also leans into the trend where the third game was just disappointing and left a lot of people wanting more. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes, very true, very true. Uh, So how about we dive into Mass Effect uh, with our first segment, Narrative, which a lot of people would argue is the, the most important segment for Mass Effect of all games, the narrative. I must admit... I've not completed Mass Effect. I think I might be the only one <laughs> on in this conversation who's not completed this game. Is that true?
1: It's a weird... Well, it's a weird uh, thing because you actually... It's almost a taboo now, isn't it? In gaming culture, there's certain games that one should always have played. Mass Effect, Halo, uh, I guess Elder... Elder... Um, Skyrim and the Elder Scrolls games and stuff like that. Yeah. It's very strange because lots of people... Uh, there's always a taboo with certain games you shouldn't play and Mass Effect is one of them. If you say you've not played a Mass Effect game, people go, what? Whoa. How? How are you a a, a gamer? (laughs)
2: I'll say, I'll say, I'll say a hundred percent. Like Mass Effect, I think is one of those trilogies and I've been begging my wife to play it because I feel like it's one of those games that that stays with you as well. It's not a game that you play then you put it to bed and then you're done with it. Like I, I won't lie, I've played Mass Effect 2, just the second one, over 30 times. I've played Whoa. yeah, no, like because th- that was the only game I had installed on my computer at one point, so it was it was oh, yeah. play Mass Effect or don't play any game, Mass Effect one, I think I've completed around ten times, and then um but that's like just the game itself, that's not even counting full trilogy runs, so like yeah, yeah, I've dedicated course, yeah. so many hours to this game, and I think Mass Effect is definitely a great great place to start in regards to the trilogy.
0: Well, yes, because it's the first one.
1: I always love those little stories. Like you say, you played Mass Effect uh, 2 so much because it was the only game installed. And there's actually, I always find there's so many stories just like that because we've all had a childhood where, well, gaming's relatively expensive, and there's one game that you've played to death just because, because it was your the, favorite, only the only one you had or your pc wasn't strong enough to play anything else and i always love yes. I, I always feel like every nerd or gamer out there always has that one game that they have played to death because it was it was it and it's all you had and i love i love the idea that that's mass effect 2 not only is it a great game and it's a great game to actually be the only game you had but it will always stay I, stay with you being that game i love those out of tickets. interest
0: yeah. out of interest dave what was this game
1: for you Ah oh, that was Streets of Rage 3 for the I know oh, wow. I'm going back now Streets of Rage 3 for the Sega. It was the only Goodness. one I had and it was two player mm-hmm. with my brother and that's I played that compl- loads. Um but yeah the the narrative of Mass Effect now this, this was a big thing.
0: It's it, it's definitely it definitely is for 2007 a big space opera a larger-than-life space opera narrative and story. A lot of people got invested in this, really, really invested, because Mm. the narrative is interesting and it's deep. It's a mile wide and a mile deep, and you don't get those. You hardly get them now even. A a story is either a mile wide, an inch deep, or it's one linear story and it just Mm -hmm. goes Mm -hmm. on forever. Mm -hmm. But Mass Effect was one of the outliers where it's broad and it's deep. Right, you could you could uh, uh, read the what what was it the codex?
1: Yeah, that's right, the codex in the game. Yeah, you could read that codex for hours. Well, that yeah, that's what I wrote down as well myself in regards to narrative. That's the magic, in my opinion, of Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea that every character, every species, every uh, sub story, every little niche in the game has a, a, a back uh, some lore to go with it. A war yes. in regards to the races' dislike of one another, or uh, uh, the 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 backstories of each race being complicated and stuff. That that's what, for me, makes it so big in the space, uh, the gaming space. It had so much there that narratively, it was, like you said, it was complex. It was like reading a book that you played. I know it's a a cliche now with video games. They all fit the books you can play. But that's, I remember when I was a a young lad, that's what blew me away about this game. It was the first time it was a huge story in a huge world that grabbed me. I'm guessing it was the same for Caleb with Mass Effect 2. And then I, I you went back to Mass Effect 1 just so you could find the origin, right?
2: So what I actually did was I played Mass Effect 2. And then... I had the opportunity of getting Mass Effect 1 and 3 at the exact same time. But I'd played Mass Effect 2 so many times. Like, you know, when you played a later game, you can kind of piece together what happened before. So I actually went Mass Effect 2. Then I wanted to, because I'd played so many times, like, well, I've got to make sure that I can conclude the story with my character. So I ended up going from number two to number three and then all the way back to number one. Oh, Wow. And so that was a yeah. that was a learning curve having to like go flip. That is a that is a a a lot of years in between these games. Yeah, it's true because oh wow,
1: you had Mass Effect Two as the collector uh, straight away. Oh no, uh, Cerberus, right? Sorry, and then you had to go back to Mass Effect One to learn about Saren and and his his, his adventures and stuff. Yeah, that's quite a big gap fundamentally in the story. But I get it. I've done the same thing.
0: <laughs> Sorry,
1: but, no? but that.
0: Got... <laughs> that must have but you said it was a learning curve but that must have been just almost uncomfortable to a degree right cuz all the quality of life improvements they've added not only mass effect 2 but mass effect 3 is missing for for mass effect 1
2: how on That's earth That's 100% true and also like I feel like I I got to experience something that made a lot of people upset because I remember going onto facebook and stuff like that. and I had very limited internet access but like I was always doing research on Mass Effect. And one thing I noticed was everyone was always talking about why do they take out the overheating mechanic? The guns feel stupid now. They feel weak. Like, I preferred how the guns worked in Mass Effect 1. And I was always like, I have no idea what these guys are talking about. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Playing Mass Effect 3, then going back to the first one, I feel like I got retroactively angry because I'm like, well, now I understand why everyone was so angry like 10 years ago. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, <But, laughs> that's quite a cool, that's a uh, that's quite a cool little journey just for yourself anyway, because, uh, Like you said, I, I for one, didn't like that overheating mechanic of the game. I loved the ammo mechanic in Mass Effect 2 over the overheating one, because it just felt more realistic for me. The combat in Mass Effect 2 is a lot better than Mass Effect 1, in my opinion. Um,
0: But I just... That makes sense. All these things are, I mean, subjective, your feelings towards them.
1: But remember that Mass Effect 1 was originally an Xbox 360 exclusive when it first came out. You know, it only later got moved over to the PC. So it was coming on the back end of Gears of War, I believe, and uh, Halo. Mm-hmm. So it was. That's what I loved about it. Gears of War. Started off this thing where you did the a bit of. A, you had a great story. You had a big muscled guys, you know, taking on the locusts and stuff. But then Mass Effect, and I still, I still remember it. Just it being such a game changer. I remember being in the news. I remember being in newspapers and magazines and every game shop. How it had had it. Had uh, um, evolved into a gaming had evolved into a bigger form of storytelling. Yeah, that that's yeah. that's for me that I'll never forget. Now, and this and for, and this game did it. It did that whole thing where it, who doesn't want to be Commander Shepard? Who doesn't want to save the galaxy? Who doesn't want to do the 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 roles with which you can either be good or do, uh, bad? And this played that through. Like I said, I'll never forget how much fun it was to play as Shepard. Which, strangely enough, was originally only going to be female. There was never actually going to be a male character. It was always going to be a female until they changed that later. I actually prefer I, yeah. Oh, yeah, Caleb, out oh, of curiosity, did you only ever play as a guy or did you did you change genders every once in a while?
2: So I have done so many runs of the game. I've done male Maleship, uh, femship, Paragon, man. Renegade. How yeah, I, mean, I, as Caleb Jansen, would do it. Then I've got, like, variations. I'm like, okay, what would I do if I was, like, I would give my own shepherds their own backstory to like try yeah, explain I'll their do, own motivations. Cause you have those three stock backstories. I was like, no, yeah, but I played those three now. So I'd like come up with a story that like the one guy, like flip, what was his name? Like Omega prime or something like that. And yeah. he's like, he was raised on a Krogan planet. And so he, he has a massive respect for the Krogan and he, he wants to make sure that they're all right. Cause they are the people who raised them. So like I've played it with every possible variation even ones that the game doesn't technically allow.
1: So, so that's cool. You oh, went goodness. like full on role play. You like did your own your own thing, backstory. You just went every that's decision cool. and cool. had a reason behind it, right? Hundred percent. That's cool. That's deep. That's, that's like a that's like oh, a yeah. hardcore game. Oh, yeah. That is.
0: <laughs> this game is already a mile deep. Caleb has taken yeah, exactly. Even yeah, he's deep. taken even
1: yeah. deeper. Yeah, no doubt.
0: <laughs> I remember the you you were talking earlier, Dave, about. How the news was even uh, uh, picking up on Mm -hmm. this game? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, and uh, it
0: it even ties into the the narrative. The news was picking up how you could uh, um, have relationships with (laughs) your crew and just sleep around. Yeah, and, and In layman's
2: sense, and you could you could bang aliens, and that's what they didn't like. That's the
0: thing. You could... Yeah,
1: yeah. Let's face it, which, which 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 gamer out there, or nerd or something, would doesn't enjoy that aspect of these games, you know? <laughs> um, it's one of those... I remember on the news, it was a big thing, because you could uh, of course, the romance scenes, and I believe it was one of the first games that did um, uh, homosexual relationships, and, and stuff like that, yeah. so it was I remember it being a big, weird taboo that these were being displayed on video games. Even though this video game I think was rated mature anyway uh, originally, but I remember it being such a big thing. Which fundamentally, a uh, uh, Bioware that they, they actually won because they were like, "This is what this is the evolution of gaming. It's the evolution of storytelling. It's what it does make their, sense. Their, their their customers want. We want relationships. We want complexity. We want uh, this way or that way. You know, I but I do. It was. I remember it was a big headline thing. I remember Sky News and all those things bringing it up. It was. It's one of those things. Why it's it's, it's one of the, probably my uh, top twenty list of games one should play because it was such a game changer.
0: Yeah, it does make sense that you're calling it an evolution an evolution of gaming because mm. now that we're looking back on it in 2007, it very much evolved gaming. Yeah. Sorry, Caleb, I interrupted you.
2: No, it's all good. I think can I t- You know how right now there's just that inherent hatred for like the news and like people are like, oh, no, we can't trust the news and everything like that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah of, course. of course. Me realizing I couldn't trust the news. Was when they were having debates about the ethics of this game, and they're like, "Who are you? You can control them during the sex scenes, like you purpose." I was like, "Are you kidding me? What what sort of news anchor goes into a debate talking about how you can have sex with these aliens without even playing the game?" Because she was saying like, "Oh yeah, I saw that you can do this, 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 and this," and I was like, "This woman has no idea what she's talking about because all of yeah, it actually, is just so yeah, blatantly just the, false."
1: Yeah, it's just for shock value, right? It's it's keywords and shock value, and just just to get the clicks and the ratings. Yeah you're no, absolutely right
0: there's a clip of jeff keely on one of these debates
2: mm-hmm.
0: i don't know if anyone else has seen this but there's a clip of jeff keely actually
2: asking an
0: anchor well, have you actually played the video game
2: that's the and exact that's what i'm talking about that's the exact hey. one because she was saying all of this outlandish stuff and he's like there we go that's not my game like you're not describing yeah, what i've made at all
1: yeah, that yeah. would be insulting. Yeah. Somebody comes on, you know, right next to you, and they're talking about something they've not even tried. Like what, you know, that. <laughs> and sadly, you're absolutely right. That's the news then and today. There's not. You don't even have to back up or collaborate your stories in, in most senses. You just need to, to, to say the most shocking thing you can. And you're right. Uh, media and the news nowadays, especially in regards to gaming. They do virtually no research at all. It's just for And they just
0: antagonize gaming. So, to pivot Mm. back into the narrative for Mass Effect. I've not completed this game, but I've come up until a point where I realized that the choices I'm making in this game have a very large and they have a very Mm. uh, long-term impact on my game. Uh, I've met with Matriarch Benezia.
1: Of course, yeah. I've not... What, sorry, of course, yeah, no, it's a classic, yeah, victim. yeah. I've
0: not met up with Saren just yet, but after meeting up with Matriarch Benezia, there's a ugh, there's this big hive mind crab alien thing
1: <laughs> you mean, the Rackney,
2: yes, yes,
0: yes, 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 yes. Rackney Queen, that's right. And she's talking about how her babies are singing and crying and whatever, and then you can choose whether to let her go or to. Incinerator or whatever.
1: Due to the fact there was a Rackney uh, War about fifty-six years or fifty or sixty years prior, which almost wiped out the entire civilization, so you had the the, the thresholds of genocide, I suppose, uh, and or being uh, kind to a, an alien race that was on its last legs. So it was a, it was a yes, big decision. Exactly. That was a massive decision in the game.
0: Yeah, I don't know what the two of you decided, but I decided to let this Rackney Queen go mm. because. Because I felt sorry No, no, it's him. fine. You're
1: supposed to have compassion for such things. Right?
0: Yeah. And while I was uh, proudly bragging to some of my friends while we were having beers one night, uh, ooh, I let the Rackney Queen go and
2: they all facepalmed. <laughs> well, can, wait, actually, wait. I have, I have some stuff to add. I have some stuff on, to go add. On, go, on, go go on, go on. Yeah, yeah, please. So, firstly, I don't know if any of you guys know this, but Matriarch Benezia. Sorry, I only remembered now because you brought her up. That yeah. is the voice actor for her is Billy Eilish's mom. why no yeah. way? <laughs> Whoa! So well, that's, that's one. Cool. Yeah. I kind of want to give story spoilers, but like you, you, you haven't seen the ramifications of releasing the Ragnar yeah. But like, yeah, same.
1: I've got that same feeling in my head. Yeah. God.
2: What's What's I crazy is what's crazy is I think there's technically four different primary outcomes that can result of that, because it impacts oh. the second and third game, but primarily the third game. Because yeah, whether right. or not you save that Rachni queen impacts the miss- one of the missions for hmm. um, Mass Effect Three, and then of those outcomes, there are difference depending on your decisions in Mass Effect One. Yeah, so, like, that's right. there are certain things that literally can't happen because of your decision in Mass Effect One. And vice versa. If you kill her, or if you let her go, then in Mass Effect mm-hmm. Three, there's certain things that always happen, and certain things that can never happen. That's so cool. Yeah, in this, that in so this space
1: opera, cool. the, the decisions really do affect the future, and not just in the single game itself. In the the, the, the second, the two others too. And yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, uh, Caleb. I know, we, like, we don't want to do spoilers, but yeah, I know exactly the part, and I know exactly what you're talking about in regards to. Either uh, uh, letting them go or or killing them off because it is a big deal. It is a massive deal in these games. At least, at yeah. least someone else gets it. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm I am biting at the bit <laughs> right now. Just so, yeah, not not to, to 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 tell Nick or anybody else listening because Fine. it is a, it is a big decision, no doubt.
0: Then let's then let's move on. Uh, the Reapers. Yeah. The Reapers in this game, are, I'm a bit confused. <laughs> go on. Are the Reapers the same uh, things as? the the gif
2: no not uh, even a little no. bit
1: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so oh, uh. um,
2: if you actually this is what's crazy if you actually want to know what the reapers are you don't even have to play all three games you have to play all three games plus the DLCs and then you uh-oh. only understand what the reapers actually are
1: and of oh, course geez. they actually released <laughs> comics books uh, a couple animated films i believe as well you know the lore in this game is deep and again a mile wide and also a mile deep. Fundamentally, the Geth were synthetic robots that the... Uh, was it the Quinarians made? Quarians. To, to fight wars for them. Yeah, thank you. And <laughs> then became sentient and went against them. And then the Reapers kind of used them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big, long thing. <laughs> the Geth, you know, oh, it's wow. complicated. And then later on, you get Legion. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big thing. You need
0: to... I'm out of
1: my death. Yeah, yeah. This, that's the thing about Mass Effect. The story is so gorgeously deep and complex and this is yeah this is why it's one of those uh, top 20 for me and always will be
2: what's what's also crazy about mass effect like as someone that again i'm going to talk about the whole trilogy here as someone that played the entire trilogy there would be things you didn't even realize you were you were missing or that you had to do in certain ways like i think on like my seventh or eighth playthrough of the full trilogy i saw a character pop up from mass effect one and i was like whoa 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 How the hell did that just happen? Not realizing that there was an entire, like, new set of quests that I've now unlocked that I didn't know existed before. Yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah. From doing something different. Yep. From one of his other playthroughs, Whoa. yeah, exactly. And this, this is what, like I said, I, um, I, I was reading. The director was a guy named Casey Hudson, who was also uh, the project director of the Knights of the Old Republic, the Star Wars games, which um, I'm sure both of you know, right?
2: Hundred uh, percent. Where they
1: developed, yeah, they were. They developed the the, the the Paragon system to actually have a meaningful effect. But in Massify, Mass Effect, they just did that on such a grander scale. You know these. He, he was actually quite prolific. He, did, uh, he helped do Baldur's Gate, the original 1 and 2. He did Knights of the Old Republic. He helped do Jade Empire, the role-playing game. And, of course, Dragon Age Origins. And I'm not entirely sure if he did uh, 2 and or 3, depending on who you call it. So it, this, this guy is pretty much the, the grandfather of... of not, well, he certainly had a change in the aspect that decisions change the way your game plays and it, the, he did uh, Yeah. he mainly directed the the plot in this as well uh, this as well so that it would have such a big um, such a big plot change depending on your decisions so cool what's
0: he done since mass effect 3 do we know uh, i know he's is he on the new Go on. is he on the new dragon
1: age game i think he might be I'd be surprised if he wasn't because I think he's been on board all the Dragon Age games so far. I know, I think he jumped from Bioware to somebody else and then back to Bioware. I forget. Yeah.
2: Massive, Mass uh, Effect okay. 3 really took Bioware on a loop because everything was like the timeline they had in regards to what they could turn around was actually ridiculous. And you can actually feel that when you play the, the game. The third act is so rushed. And yeah, no,
1: I agree entirely. Yeah. What, for Mass Effect 3? Mass Effect Mm -hmm. 3,
2: yes. Like, it's very, very rushed at the end of Mass Effect 3. And you can actually see that, like, if you play the game, you can see exactly what went wrong. And I know a lot of people hated um, working on Mass Effect 3. I think it was because EA was just pushing for so much and had so much, like, conditions. And if I remember correctly, I remember, like, Casey Hudson, I think, even left as creative director straight after the game was released.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's what I'm remembering in my head, too. He did leave because of, you know, we all know the stories of EA and that they're not the nicest company in the year, company in the world. Uh, and yeah, I agree. I remember we all know the ending Mass Effect 3 was never great, still isn't. And you're right, the idea that they built such a massive premise in Mass Effect 1 and 2, and then 3 came along and you were like, I was expecting what went- I'm expecting the epic like Lord of the Rings like the third movie. I need this this big showdown, this super super built up thing and it just uh, yeah, Mass Effect 3 didn't deliver on that. No, I've never <laughs> <laughs> No, you're you're missing out. Like, I I don't yeah, have I'm, any I'm input.
2: <laughs> like I've never played Mass Effect. 3 This is 3 why your your two. friends
1: somewhat make fun of you because you haven't played Mass Effect and and one should.
0: Oh man. Oh, how oh how the turntables your friends are making fun of you for. Not yeah, I know, I know. Right back game. in the back
1: in the day, you were made fun of to some degree because one was a good geek or a nerd, and now, of course, yeah, you're yeah. making fun of because you haven't played enough. Fundamentally, you can't win. But hey, like I said, I'm yeah. glad that the the geek culture has become so mainstream now. Makes oh feel yeah.
2: Are you telling more. me? Are you actually telling me yeah. that you have a life outside of video games? How lame are you to to not <laughs> waste like. 40 hours of your life playing one game and not talking to people and having a social life you must be so lame
1: i'm sorry i'm just trying to keep the dream i'm trying to keep the dream alive like that like that 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 is possible (laughs) you can go outside and play games and (laughs) i love yeah i'm just trying to keep that notion like for the next generation to come that they will try Uh and do it but no you're right i i i I I don't even know what day of year it is
0: uh i've been wanting to get into the characters of 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 mass effect so the characters for mass effect one differ from two and three
1: uh Uh, to some degree right
0: because two's got miranda and jacob yeah yeah and uh 3 it's got other characters as well do the characters from one transfer over to
1: two and three?
2: Hundred percent. Hundred percent.
1: One of the one of your companions in massive. Yeah, Ashley, right? She's in your companion. She's one of your team in three, right?
2: There, there's a reason Ashley why Williams. she's called Ash. Uh, why is that? On Vermeyer, that's what she becomes when I play. Oh geez.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I get it. <laughs> oh man, whoa! I, I get it
0: though.
1: <laughs> I didn't even think w- of that. Okay, wait. Okay. Hmm. I didn't even think of that. Of course big decision <laughs> wow yeah i was like, i i've like I said my mind's slightly blown i obviously not played mass effect 3 as many times as i should but yeah well, okay go on vermire yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay i
0: started a conversation about characters <laughs>
2: oh, vermire oh, is man. actually they're a great character bad. study to be honest because mm. in Vermeyer, you have the situation where one of my favorite characters rex he realizes that yes. he has the opportunity to save his entire race And you as the player can ultimately say, actually, no, screw you guys, because you guys waged war on us and almost like exterminated a bunch of different people. Um, And ultimately, it's up to you whether or not to cure this thing called the genophage. And how you decide to go about doing that impacts your relationship with not just Rex himself, but also potentially Caden and Ashley, who are your two, mm-hmm. I want to say, almost generic human characters. Like, they're not yeah, too—they're yeah, spe- not aliens or anything. They're just the human characters. And ultimately, you can't save them both. Like, you have to say goodbye to one of them.
1: Oh, whoa. Yeah, did you not? I had no oh, idea. Oh, yeah, it's a big, that's the big one. It's the doozy in the game. Yeah, no doubt. No.
2: And so basically, like, not- that mission, that mission... Again, depending on who you choose to do in certain ways, it completely changes how Mass Effect Three takes place as well. Because now there's an oh, yeah, entire exactly. character absent. And yeah. that character ends up playing quite a significant role, especially in regards to how humans are viewed in the world in the in the world of Mass yeah, Effect Three. Right.
0: So it this is one of if not the biggest example of how decisions mm. in your game influences the story later on i can't think of another game let alone trilogy that does it as good as mass effect
1: 100 yeah, percent. there's also a big decision right at the end of mass effect which i won't go into but that's also there's also a super right like, when all the stakes are high and and there's a yeah. final decision you've got to make which also does a massive effect on mass effect two and three like i, I won't do the spoilers but oh geez I, like i said this is what i love about you you bring up the Kro- uh, krogan's my favorite because they're, they're the battle craze. They were, they were uh, chemically castrated due to war and to stop their numbers. And uh, later on, the genocide, uh, which they tried to cure, the Solarians feel super guilty because they designed it. And then later on after the war, they actually have uh, a, almost a complex because they've destroyed a, a race of people. And so they try to fix it again. You know, like I said, the characterization of the story in this thing, the, the Mass Effect games are so cool. I love I love it to know. Sorry, that was just a little tidbit. It's great.
0: Mm. It's it really is. Um, the oh, I don't this uh, narrative isn't the space for this. This might be value for yep. money, but aren't these games like
1: uh, almost a hundred hours? I'd say so, Caleb. You uh, you sound like the expert. You played you played these games a number of times.
2: So I when I do a full run nowadays, and I'm someone that now because I know what decisions I want to make, like I almost know the dialogue on the back of my hand. So, like, yeah. I'm going to be that guy. I basically skip dialogue sequences now because I know exactly who's going to say what. I know what decisions mm-hmm. to make. Mm-hmm. And the issue is the dialogue is a massive chunk of the game. So, like, my average play time for Mass Effect 1 is around 24 hours. And then it's okay. just two hours on from each game. So, Mass Effect 2 is 26 and then Mass Effect 3 is 28. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. but that's just because I'm actually skipping almost half of the game yeah, okay. because yeah, I know yeah, what I... I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And yes. then I'm going to make sure that Jacob doesn't do this because I hate Jacob. I mm-hmm. won't lie. Jacob is a useless <laughs> character. Like,
1: yeah, I did, like, I did like Jacob either, <laughs> I must admit.
2: Screw you, yeah. Jacob. I don't know. Honestly, Jacob sucks. I'm going to get a lot yeah. of hate, but I think Miranda Lawson is, is the, the best love interest, except for maybe Liara. Oh, I agree entirely. I, like I said, Miranda, the mm. gameplay,
1: uh, Mass Effect 2 was definitely my choice.
0: Well, okay. But now we're getting into the most important mm. question of probably this entire podcast. Uh who would you bang?
1: <laughs> hey. got <man>, granted. <laughs> now the complexity of that question isn't actually that simple. There are there there are multiple uh people and like like Caleb says, it depends on,
2: on the playthrough.
1: What kind of character you're being, right? Oh.
0: Okay. So
2: But there is hmm. actually only one real answer.
0: Who yes?
2: And that is Grunt. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Grunt.
1: I also loved Grunt. He was the Who's best Grunt! Uh, Mass Effect Grunt? Um, 2, right?
2: Yeah, Mass Effect 2. Uh, okay. So Grunt is one of the few companions you actually can't romance, which annoyed me, yeah, but it makes uh, sense because oh he's man. literally he's literally like a baby. Like you birth him out of a tub and then he's like, I think, mm. seven days old. So like, that would be I mean. a little bit weird, but also he's a Krogan, so I'm pretty sure he'd rip anyone in half.
1: Okay, so Grunt is a Krogan. Yes. yes. He was uh, biologically uh. engineered to try and stop the genophage phage from happening. So it was kind of like how they could try to reproduce their species again. Grunt was the best. Yeah. I loved, I also loved that scene in Mass Effect where you have to headbutt a Krogan to show respect because... I, I love that bit. It was so out of the blue where you just as a human headbutt them and, and they, they love it because they should just, uh, I love
2: But it. it's so oh. dumb as well because their heads are literally giant shields. Like, <laughs> I know, you're, you're, not, <laughs> so you're not winning that. Like, they might have be been like, oh, this guy's got moxie, but they know if they did it back, you're dead. Like, have you guys That's ever run headfirst into a wall? It hurts. That's I basically know. what he did.
1: Yes. But still memorable moments, <laughs> as bizarre as it is. It, it, was, a, it was a fantastic moment.
0: I've not dived into the characters, obviously, for Mass Effect Two and Mass Effect Three, but those in Mass Effect One I like. Does it stop at six? Right? Is is it six characters for the entire game? Ashley, Caden, Ooh, Garrus, Tali, Liara, and Rex are those the only six for the entire game?
2: No, no, no. So like. Yeah. There is, like, mm. side characters that you can kind of, like, have one-off relationships mm. with. So, like, uh, I forget her name, but there's an Asari that, like, she's basically a a high-end, like, escort that you can kind of, like, okay. have a quick little thing with if you're a renegade. But if you're a Paragon, she just reads you a poem or something. But also, it's, about, right. the, it's about the character development. Because if you look at, like, I'll use Liara as an example, because I think trilogy-wise, from the beginning to the end, Liara probably has the best relationship with Shepard. If you're looking game specific, yeah, I, I would say Miranda Lawson from Mass Effect 2. But Liara mm-hmm. throughout the whole game, maybe even Tali, because both of those characters go from this point of view where they're they're kind of young and na- naive. And then life yeah, happens no, to yeah, them. You're right. You're right. And they become a lot more mature. And it's not just what I like about this game is none of the characters, they all have relationship problems. They'll be like, oh my gosh, you you've done this, this, this. I disagree with your choices yeah. here but these are also characters that are carrying the weight of the entire universe on their shoulders. So like they're kind of, they're written so well in the fact that you never once go, Oh yeah, this is just like a school kid romance. You go, no, they realize that like the world is ending. And in many ways, some of the characters view relationships as distractions. Cause like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. We need to focus on saving the world. So that it's a very mature look at how, People aren't stagnant. there's a ton of character development between the two games
1: yes oh no definitely and he, and he's right like I said these are the, the main six of your normal ones, but you've also got Joker the navigator. his yeah. story develops and your relationship with him oh, develops whoa. even even the doctor um uh, the the yeah yeah exactly. there are lots of si- he's right there's lots of side characters that you actually develop relationships with, not necessarily romantic but they become your 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 crew your actual crew the people even if they're not on the Normandy anymore you get the attached you to s- these yeah, people yeah really really do and even the the, the companions in mass effect 2 uh, yeah. kind of have a big story in mass effect 3 later on when you either bump into them or they have story features and stuff yeah it's well fleshed out it's crazy fleshed out like
0: okay yeah, it you is you, you have no I, idea
1: fundamentally yeah
0: i don't i don't mm. because <laughs> Well, because I've got 10 minutes per day to play games, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true, jumping that's right. into a 100 a plus hour trilogy that mm, I need stuff. to read most of the time, mm. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but anyway, I think we could keep going. We could about narrative. <laughs> In four. I know I could. Yeah, exactly. I all day. But we need to get. Let's go on to visuals because we've still got five more segments left.
1: This is going to have some contention, right? Because. Yes. You know how how spoiled we are visually now. Like I've I've been looking at Armored Core. That's a beautiful game. We've got all played Elden Ring. Stunning games. These game games now are like like you you often say Nick. they're artwork. You know they they really are pleasing yes. to the eye to see. And like Caleb said earlier, when you go back to Mass Effect One, the, the the retrospective that you get can be somewhat jarring, right?
0: Definitely. I've not played these games on the original Xbox. Well, um, yeah. I'd, I've just played the Legendary Editions, of course. So I've got I I don't know what these games looked like originally.
2: You see, yeah. So that's the thing. Like, you can tell that especially Mass Effect One is is a 2007 mm. game, and you can look yeah, at it from definitely. two point of views. Like, the graphics are limited by the hardware of the time but the aesthetics yeah. of the game is amazing like you can walk around the citadel today even not playing the legendary edition but you can look at the architecture yeah. and you realize stuff this is incredible because not only are they having to design something that looks nice they're having to design something that looks nice that feels alien at the same time and yeah. every yeah. single yeah, alien no. culture like you can tell there's different cultures because the characters wear different clothes they 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 walk differently they talk differently they so there's there's a difference between something that looks pretty and something that's designed well, mm. and I'll say Mass Effect mm. One before it got the update in the Legendary Edition, not necessarily a pretty game by today's standards, but it's a beautifully designed game from a from a design point that, of that's view. It. Mm. That's it. Yeah.
0: That's my that's my same argument for uh, Dark Souls in 2011. The game looks. It looks it really doesn't look great, uh, graphically wise. The graphical fidelity is nice and low. But the art direction is what puts it through the roof. And the same for Mass Effect, right? If you walk around the Citadel or all of these uh, other planets as well. I think I'm on one where you're in a ton of skyscrapers above the clouds or something.
1: That's right. Uh the end full of Geth, right?
0: Yes, yes, it's full of Geth. Mm. And the art direction is just like you said, Caleb, that's what made this game look, well, not necessarily good, but memorable.
2: I'll put, I'll put the, the design of the characters in the same league as like star Wars or even doctor who like, yeah, each like these, there's who even thinks of something like a Salarian. It's a flipping bipedal frog. And then you get the Krogan who are basically like walking, talking rhinos without horns, but they're basically tanks. Um, and then, like, down the line, you get the more grotesque characters, like the Batarians and the Voucher. Like, they're mm-hmm. all so incredibly different.
1: And it's like, like you said, it's the, the uniqueness of their background that they, like, um, you, like you said, the Solarians being amphibian, they also have two eyelids. And because they're, because, because they're amphibians and amphibians are known to have quite quick um, uh, healing properties... Uh, because and they've they've times that by ten that uh, Solarians think very fast. Their synaptic responses are very quick. That's why they're super intelligent, and they actually speak faster because their brains work faster than most others. And that's why they always speak in a rapid rapid tongue and oh. like in a hurry. And they've done that with so many. There's there's I don't know what they're called, but there's those big heavy dudes that talk really slowly and. They're big and muscular and they've got big bone structures because the planet they're from has got a heavy gravity. And oh, there's so many who wear yes. masks. The Alco,
2: I think. I think they're the Alco. Yeah. They hang out with their head a lot.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's right. That's right. And that that's the cleverness. It's the fact that every design choice, especially like you said, with the characters, there's a reason. There's a reason this one is big. There's a reason this one is small. There's a reason this one wears a mask and this one doesn't. There's a reason why uh, the Asari are all female. There are are no males. You know, it's so clever. Visually, like you said, like you said, Star Wars and Star Trek and Doctor Who, the depth that went into the characters they made and the races and the species and the conflict amongst them, visually is just it's just a meal to take in
0: yeah it seems it seems like you you can immediately tell apart everyone mm. you can immediately uh, tell who's who i'm looking at screenshots of the game now i'm seeing uh there's i think this is mass effect 2 because i don't think he's in mass effect 1 i might be mm. wrong though there's a green guy it looks Shane. like he's got an exoskeleton with black eyes who <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: that's right What's he his is murder? one of the suavest he's basically the james bond of mass effect oh
1: Okay, He was also an assassin. He was cool. He was This hilarious. guy looks cool. Yeah, he, he, he is. He was very I cool. I like it. But him. no, that's only Mass Effect 2. Does he come back in Mass Effect 3, Caleb? I forget.
2: Yo, he does. But like, it is. There, there's like, I think, well, one, two. There's like two or three ways his story goes down. And all of them are heartbreaking.
1: No. Oh, no. Oh, shame. Don't, Yo, that, no. that makes sense. <laughs> I get over his character. That's a shame. Because he is cool. You're right, Nick. Even just by looking at him.
2: Yeah. Before we move past this topic, sorry, because we're talking about the unique designs and everything. This might lean back into narrative. But, like, what's great about these characters as well is, like, they're not caricatures of their race. So, like, if you Mm. take, um, let's actually use Thane as an example. You only ever see two of Thane's race because they're very, very rare. And the other one you see is Kodak, who's his son. But their personalities are completely different, but they still exist within the constraints of their species. So they've done such a good job of writing these characters. Like if you look at Tali, how she interacts with the different quarians, they all have similar mannerisms in the way they interact with one another, but they're completely unique characters. So they've done such a great job of Trying to make these characters almost fe- feel stereotypical, in the fact that they all are limited by the constraints of their race and their species, but yeah. they are still one hundred percent unique and unlike any other character.
1: That, that, that's it's very true. Like I say, it, it's it's always one of those things when you play a game, you look at something you you think it looks pretty, but then when you can break it down and actually see those complexities, you actually see again. This is this is art. This is this is someone. Who sat down and thought about this for many, many hours, and then just magically put that on the screen for you all to see. Yeah, and and like many other games and games we play now, this this is that's why Mass uh, Mass Effect is so good because you know it isn't generic alien A, and like you said, it isn't it isn't just they're angry all the time and for the sake of being angry that you know just because they're the angry race of aliens. There's so much complexity in. Like, the, the narrative and the detail of it.
0: Yes, and what the the look and who they are, mm. it yeah, exactly. goes hand in hand, which is amazing. I would say, though, that while I was playing this game, uh, the planets look great. I liked looking at the planets, but the immediate environment around you does not.
2: Yes. No, you're 100% correct. It, right? No, I think yeah, he's talking yeah. about the planets you go explore with the flipping... Uh... Oh, oh,
1: with, with the, the maker? maker. Yes. The 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 buggy uh, vehicle thing, right? Yeah, there's yeah, yeah. Those are barren. No, not
0: just yes, yes, that, yeah. and also <laughs> yeah. every other planet. I think the first planet is it. It's something with an N. I know it. It's all frozen.
2: Nov Novi- yeah. Okay, Novi- t- technically, yeah. that that's that's right. But the first planet is Eden Prime. The first planet is okay. Eden Prime.
1: Hey, nice. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> of course, <laughs> he got you there, by the way. Yeah, he yeah, did. <laughs> say, in
0: right. Novaria, you are in this little settlement that's got a bar. It's got a garage. It's got a governor man. That play that that entire settlement looks horrid. Yeah, yeah. it it's so bad. I can't believe this game. With the characters looking like this and the planets, the vistas looking like they do, has just just a big cement box for a room with people in it. it
1: but that you, looks bad. But, but you could argue, sorry, but you could argue that was just to to, to display the aspect of corporor, uh, corporalism. You could. Uh, taking you could. That, 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 that planet and making money off it. And so they didn't need any, any whistles or anything nice. Like they were there to make money. To, to do their science stuff behind closed doors right, without any jurisdiction. Right. It's supposed to be a cold place you don't want to visit. I'll give you that. It, doesn't, is, it still is, doesn't look is pretty. That, is that it, though? Is it that... A, or is uh, it
0: just... Or does it just <laughs> look bad because it's a 2007 and game? Stock,
1: yeah, it could... I, I'd argue... Like I said, I'm trying I'm trying to to, to, to put the positives on one of my my (laughs) favourite games. But yeah, I'd also agree it it isn't a pretty place by anyone's standard.
2: No. I would I would like to say this. I would like to say this. I feel like the developers did a great job realizing once they released Mass Effect One what their limitations were. Because you'll notice the moment you play Mass Effect two, all of the maps are significantly smaller, but infinitely more detailed. Yeah, really? Right, right. Yes. It's like they did Ooh, a complete like 180. That. It's like I think you mm-hmm. know how like almost every single Mass Effect one mission you, you use the Mako, and you have to explore this yep. barren wasteland. There's none yeah, of that I in Mass know. Effect Two. No. There's only one. There's only one mission where you can use um, or well, there's two technically, two missions where you can use a vehicle. It's called a Hammerhead. It's basically a hover version right. of of the Mako, mm-hmm. but those are only DLC missions so oh, no. they they basically were like, "Yeah, we understood this was our weakness, and then they improved, and that's what I love about the Mass Effect games is until you get to Andromeda, it just feels like every single game is a perfect evolution of the last one
1: yeah yeah no, i I agree it's a quality over quantity, so to speak, you know they 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 fine tuned the environments' there's no doubt. I can picture all of them in my head. The environments in Mass Effect Two were just another level of fun and and immersive and you're right i i still remember going the mako on planets and whenever you saw a flat bit of planet you always knew one of those worm things were going to attack you so it, it yeah that's right the Threshermore. so you always just knew oh well there's a Threshermore here it's flat which you know mm-hmm. as a design thing isn't the most exciting aspect uh ad. but remember mass Effect 2 also had that weird scanning the planet mechanic which was
2: which I, I loved. S- Don't so hate weird. on. I, I loved the mini games, <laughs> and it's probably just nostalgia. But I loved the mini games in Mass Effect Two. I could hack and bypass with my eyes closed, like yeah, I can see so, your yeah. music those in ones. my head.
1: But those those planet ones, they did. There they, they, they were too many planets. There was just too much.
2: They were like, "Hey, look at all for... the planets you can go to. You can't yeah, if you go exactly. onto them." But what was nice about Mass Effect Two, and I'll say this as well, so you got the hmm. ability to scan planets overall. What they don't yeah. tell you in the game at all, they literally don't tell you this, is that you do get side missions. And you can unlock mm-hmm. them, but they're not like, they're, they're in your journal, but they're not highlighted or anything like that. That's and there right. are yeah, certain right. missions, there are certain planets you can go to and scan, and then they're just like, oh, mm-hmm. stuff, like, this person's in trouble, go to the planets and save them.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, like, you actually have to explore so many different planets before you can find one you can actually interact with. But they're all so, mm. so, so unique in the way they're designed. Like, there's this one. It's just a mist planet. And, like, as you move through the mist, you have these, like, fire-spitting spiders that approach you. Like, I haven't played that mm-hmm. island in a while. I mean, sorry, that planet's in a while. But, like, you never know what you're going to experience when you visit these side planets. So you have yeah. your your primary hub worlds, like the Citadel, yeah. like Tuchanka, mm-hmm. like Ilium. Then you have your mission worlds where like you go there once or twice to do a mission. And then you get mm-hmm. these side planets, which are not even registered anywhere effectively that you can just happen That's right, across. Yes, I remember.
1: That's right. I remember.
2: So exploration That's is rewarded. Exploration is rewarded, which is something that the game mm-hmm. doesn't actually tell you until you discover it yep. for yourself.
0: Very few games do that. I th- the latest one that I can think of is Elden Ring. It doesn't tell you shit. <laughs> but if you go explore, if you go look around, you will be rewarded, and that's cool. That's that's good game design. And
1: mm. just one thing visually, I gotta say, the Normandy now has become an iconic spaceship. You know, I I I wouldn't put it quite up there as Millennium Falcon or the Enterprise, but yeah, I think most people, even you, Nick, must recognise the Normandy from from ten paces away or something. Yes, you know, the, true, and the and the N seven. Uh, the uh, shirt logo. or the armor, because you know that was cool. Even even when I was in my my first played the game, I thought <laughs> I I want that armor. This one of the things this game always did really well was the armor looked cool. I know it's a weird thing to say, but yeah, it was but always true. yeah, it was really like sexy and or badass and stuff like that. And I was that was a really weird detail they put in that the armor always looked cool, doesn't matter where you are.
0: Yeah, yeah, and even if you pick up new armor and you put it on, mm. it still looked cool.
1: Yeah, and it was snug. Like there was no, there was no pot bellies or anything in
0: Mass no, Effect. and You, had and you all these had six notch, packs, shoulder pads, and oh, yeah, exactly. Very cool. Cool's the right word.
2: And I think mm. that's that's also a good example. Sorry, talking about the armor system, the armor mm. and the weapon system is completely different in Mass Effect two and three. Like mm. what they wanted to do, I feel like what they really wanted to do is they wanted to focus on storytelling. And then quick, sharp, intense action sequences. Because you yeah. don't pick up guns and you don't pick up armor the way you do in Mass Effect One. It's a completely different know. system.
1: Um, oh. No, very much so. In fact, what? the armor system in Mass Effect 1 is kinda of boring. Listen, you, okay, you, you wait a minute. I need, I need version to version five or version six of the one you had before. Yeah. I, I need Go to on. say something. Yeah.
0: It really sounds like Mass Effect One was just the first pancake.
2: Yes, 100%. So it was the waffle yeah, child. Yeah. You always but screw yeah, up on yeah. your first waffle or pancake. Yes, and they <laughs>
0: added a ton of sugar, so people still ate it. Mm-hmm. But then when Mass Effect 2 and 3 came around, they made these systems that a lot of people fell in love with Um, and the, maybe fumbled the ending of the trilogy. I don't know. But Mass Effect 1, yeah. is that That's the it. best starting point for anyone trying to get into this uh, trilogy?
2: It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. But, like, for example, I told my wife, just go straight to Mass Effect 2. Because Mass Uh, Effect 2 does a good enough job of telling you what happened before that you can piece together everything. You just have to, like, really concentrate. But if you are someone that, like, so, for example, my wife's favorite game is Red Dead Redemption 2. That is a smooth game. game, And everything makes sense. And she Mm. plays that game, like, all the time. So if you go from something like Mass Effect, I mean, from Red Dead to Mass Effect 1, it's going to feel like a downgrade and it's going to feel like a chore. Yeah. But if you, play, jump, yeah. if you play Mass Effect 2, then 3, then you go, exactly what happened to me. Well, damn, I really want to know how this game starts. And then because you're so invested in the story, you're willing to put up with the more clunky stuff.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. And you will put up with it because you're invested in the narrative
2: already. Yes, 100% hmm that makes a lot of sense
1: yeah i was fortunate enough to 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 see the evolution evolution from when i played one and it just came out then of course i was hooked so i definitely bought mass effect 2 when it just came out the same with mass effect 3 i probably i potentially even pre-ordered it so but i do i do completely i get what you're saying entirely i do agree mass effect 2 is massively the better game and you're right you don't need to play mass effect 1 but when you've played it the idea that you don't know the origin story yeah that would get me too much you, you have to you'd have to go back
2: but yeah i, I go on if go you on. play mass effect 2 then 3 you, you experience something right but if you go back yeah. and play mass effect 1 the amount of changes you make to the game and also this is something i didn't know until i replayed the game there are certain cutscenes mm-hmm. and certain characters you will not meet ever if you only play Mass Effect 2, you have to play Mass Effect 1 first. And then just because you've played that game, it will reward Mm -hmm. you by going, oh, remember this character from the first game? Uh So Uh you actually, when you play play 2 and 3 again after playing number 4, I mean, after playing number 1, it feels like a whole new experience because there's so many things that just pop up that weren't there before.
1: Oh, that's, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, you're right. You'd actually have a complete new gameplay loop because... Uh, this is one of the first games that actually used the save state that you had in uh, the other game to to load into the next one. I know it's very common now, but this is one of the ones where uh, after you completed Mass Effect 1, your save state was then used for Mass Effect 2 so that you would see the characters, you see the, the decisions you made. Yes. You could make a quick one at the beginning of Mass Effect 2 where you could make the decisions in like a questionnaire. But it really was worth it having the first one to move on to the second one in regards to how you treated people. And you're right, having not having that part, you've got you're playing two different games because you, you'll meet people in your second playthrough that you never met in your first one because you didn't play the first one, if you know what I
2: mean. So yeah, like right, it's it's cool. it's crazy because again, like I played Mass Effect two like maybe nine, ten times before I got hold of Mass Effect one and three. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I remember playing Mass Effect one and then playing Mass Effect two. And all of a sudden, all the characters I met in number one. Like, for example, there's this green sole- uh, green. Asari. You meet in number one. And then uh-huh. all of a sudden, she appears in number two. I'm like, no, but I've walked past this place before. You're not supposed to be here. But just yeah. because I'd invested a few hours into the first game, uh-huh. I got it. Uh-huh. And talking about moving the saves across... Like, it's, it's crazy that they implement that because think of about all of the other great RPGs of our time currently, and that being the Elder Scrolls. And I understand the Elder Scrolls and Fallout, you're not playing the same character, but they deliberately mm. set up the world where what you did in the previous game can't impact what's happening. That's why they're always in That's different places yeah. and years apart. Even mm. The Witcher, and I love The Witcher 3, but it doesn't carry your decisions mm. from the first two games. They kind of ask you a few That's questions true, at the yeah. beginning, yeah. but it doesn't yeah. actually carry over your individual questions. I
1: guess it's just it's easier to make a game that way, right? Because you don't have to. It's like Baldur's Gate three. They've done a, a masterpiece work of decision making and the, yeah. the different doors one goes through or doesn't go through. That's hard. That's that's a massive undertaking. And like you said with The Witcher, I guess it's easier to concentrate on one story and those decisions compared to adding all the others beforehand. Because you know, yeah, those those different doors you take would get into the thousands later on as as you go down through the games. No, it is. It is. It's remarkably well done.
0: It really is. Um, I. <laughs> I had to be the one to keep cutting Moving these along. segments yeah, short. That's right. We can. We can even have a follow up episode, but let's move on to the audio, mm-hmm. which is another part where I think the Mass Effect trilogy shines. Not just voice acting wise, but for. The soundtrack as well
1: well I just gotta quickly ask I know Nick you won't know this uh the answer there you won't know this part but uh Caleb have you watched Aliens? yes uh, you know, the yes alien movie, of right? course and you know who Bishop is in aliens yes do you know he's the voice of uh Admiral Hackett it was my favorite part no way it uh, makes
2: so much sense yeah. I can hear it now I can hear it
1: yeah Bishop is uh, now Nick I know you won't know this you've not watched aliens have you how you've... you didn't even ask me Sorry, Nick. Have you watched Aliens? No. <laughs> well, there you go. Did you? Know There's that? your moment. Well, Bishop is iconic.
2: Talk it's talking iconic. about. Uh, go on, Caleb. Talking about the the voice actors. You Talk know who does Admiral Anderson? I know. Um, I can picture him. I forget
1: his name. He he he's he's. That's it. He's he's always everyone's father in like movies and stuff, right? I can I can picture him. Yeah.
2: He was like my dream casting when they you know when they were gonna redo The Lion King, which was a terrible movie, but anyway, when they were gonna Mm. redo it, I wanted Keith David to be Simba because he just has that like he's not as bassy as Mufasa, but he has that authority in his voice. voice. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's right, that's right. No, no, I know exactly what you mean. But he literally plays
2: Keith David plays Keith David in Saints Row Three. Yeah. You have to be so freaking cool to do that.
1: No, that is cool. I didn't know. I, I, don't, I only just realized that it's like <laughs> Nicholas Cage, uh, Cage playing himself in that 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 movie that uh, came out too recent. Um, forgot why that's called cool now. I oh, know. I love. I love if you. Sorry, sorry, Nick. I know you kind of interrupted, but the voice acting work and the pedigree who's actually in this game is actually quite astounding. If you go through it, first of all, of course, Bishop from Aliens. You watched, not watched Nick, but he's kind of. Uh, he has the great redemption story in Aliens. Yes. he's kind of a bad Android person and turns into he redeems himself. He's classic. Oh, okay. For me, he is my chi- he's way he's my childhood and just to know that he was Hackett, you know, just put a big smile on my face. Um, if anyone
0: wants to listen to us talk about aliens, go take a look at our <laughs> yeah, Patreon, Patreon for the Critical Cinema podcast. It should be there. There we go. That's that's and, um... how you do
2: a plug correctly. I approve of that plug. That was smooth. But last one, voice go on. actors go on. Jennifer Hale as Femship Jennifer Hale has yeah, been right, one of the, right. the, the best, like, video game voice actors at the moment. Like, from, from like, a, a female voice actor. I freaking love everything she's ever done. She is such a remarkable voice actress.
1: Didn't she take over from the Bayonetta? Was she the third Bayonetta, right? Yes. yes. Okay, yeah, no, that's right. I, I, and, and she also did um, Samus in uh, Metroid Prime, I think. Really? Yeah. She's Samus Aran? Yeah, that's it. Thank you. I'm
0: gonna say it wrong. And she's believe- also done Ash in Overwatch.
2: That I didn't know. That I didn't know.
0: Yes, she's the voice of Ash in Overwatch. Whenever she yells, Bob! That's
1: that's Jennifer. <laughs> wow, that was that was quite the impersonation. Like I said. You, 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 you said, thank you, thank <laughs> you. But even Ashley Williams, uh, Kimberly Brooks. Uh, I know you're a big Batman fan. Uh, she does the voice for Oracle in the Arkham. You know yes, yes, arkham the games, arkham
0: right? games we reviewed arkham city
1: not too long ago ashley williams as in the companion yeah. in mass effect Quo- yes it's the it, same yes. voice the, the same voice actress uh, lady named Kim- kimberly Brooks. oh man it just sorry i just know you love your batman so i thought i'd add that for you
0: it's very very cool
2: well sure she on. was also one of the lutis okay you guys just did bioshock Infinite with that freaking geek the lutis yeah. how do you say their name the twins
1: yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. If, I know exactly what you mean, but they are. I don't know how you say the name. I think we came to contention on that on the ap- episode as well. Go on.
2: Jennifer Hale does the voice of the of the of the the woman t- twin. No. Yeah, as,
1: soon as, as soon as you say that, I can hear it. Wow. As, as soon as you said that, I could Yeah, I can. I can hear her.
0: That's so great. These vo- these voice actors, they've got a they've got a certain way of getting. <laughs> It's definitely acting, even if it's just your mm. voice into a microphone, mm, no, it's definitely acting. Mm. That's why no one can do what uh, uh, Troy Baker mm. does, or, any, any, or Jennifer Hale or any of these uh, big well, I name just, voice I actors. just
1: finished listening to JK, uh, is it JK Simmons in yes. Baldur's Gate 3? Wow. Like, wow. I was like, damn, the idea that he's just in a studio, the presence he brings on that mic is insane. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, voice acting, like you said, is acting it's actually relatively harder because you're just in front of a mic, you're not acting off someone, potentially you're acting in the moment. So that's not like I said, that
2: I can speak to that personally. So uh, so, so for those of you that don't know, like I do voice acting as well, and we're busy doing quite a few different shows on Netflix at the moment. But like what's crazy about, cause I studied acting and I've done a lot of stage performances. What's difficult about voice acting is you do not have your body to evoke emotion. And people don't realize that like, your body and your body language makes acting so much easier than if you're just mm-hmm. emoting through your mouth. Like
1: you got the visual keys, right? Exactly. Like, uh, slouch shoulders and stuff like that, whereas voice acting, you don't. Yeah.
2: Like you actually have to. If your character is just sad, like, but not noticeably sad, you can. T- it's exactly what you said. You can tell it through the through the droopy shoulders and stuff like that. But when you're voice mm-hmm. acting, you have to find a way of showing that nuance in your performance. And nuance is so difficult with voice acting. Mm.
1: Yeah. No, I can imagine it entirely. It's it, 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 it's a whole a new way of learning how to speak, right? Because you're not... You, you don't really ever... When you're sad, you're sad. You don't re- often have to try and be sad to display you're sad because you're actually yeah. it. So you've got to switch it on. Which, like I said, is extremely complex. That's hard. That's right? not easy.
0: Yeah. Not at all.
2: The first session I ever did of voice acting was for the show called Falling Into Your Smile. And my character I mean, basically, he decides he's retiring, and he gives this whole yeah. long emotional speech. And I remember acting my heart out and going, "That was phenomenal! I'm so good! I am the best voice actor in the world!" And then I listened to the playback, and it just sounded like I was talking normally. Like, oh wow, put so that's, much effort into my body jarring. that my voice wasn't yeah. reflecting it. And that's the thing; like, <laughs> like your yeah, voice yeah. has to do the heavy lifting.
1: Oh, well, that's cool! Like I say I can I can imagine that that's the, the jarring effect of being high like so high that you did so well and then you hear it and you're like whoa (laughs) like it's like i've got i've got to relearn everything yeah exactly yeah that's kind of that's cool i like that
0: so i think for a game in 2007 to have this much voice acting everywhere is impressive in its own right just having voice acting everywhere if it's good or not but just having it in the in every corner of this game that's fantastic. Especially cause... when you compare
2: it to, like, the Skyrims of the world, where they have, like, maybe 12 yep, yep. voice actors for every single NPC.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yes. No, it, no I, I agree. Definitely. And out, out of curiosity, um, you being the audio guy, what was the soundtrack like? The soundtrack
0: for this game, it does... It makes me think that this is exactly how I think a sci-fi RPG would sound like. Right, If you're walking through the Citadel... I'm I'm sure that track is going through all three of our minds right now. And yeah, yeah. Now, walking through the Citadel.
1: For me, it's always... For me, it's actually the the, the, the interactive map on the Normandy. You know when you get oh, the yeah. whole map up and you get this like twinkly... Oh, that's the
0: one I'm thinking about.
1: Yeah, That's the that one, one I'm thinking o- about. Oh. That one always catches me every single time. Dun, dun, dun,
0: dun, 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 dun. I, I can't do it. I can't do it justice. But yes, that's the one.
2: If there's, if they, so if I had to say three things that really stood out to me, when it comes yeah, to yeah. like the audio of of Mass Effect, the first one is whenever you pro- approach a mass relay and you jump into that light speed, and yeah, you have that like right. that build up of that, that will always stick with me. I freaking that sound effect like yeah, it no, used to be my ringtone.
1: No, I can I can picture that. No, no like, like there are so many un- iconic pics, Especially strange enough, it's a weird one for me. There's one part when you're you're ever in fight and somebody keeps shouting, "The enemy is everywhere," and strangely enough, that's been stuck in my head for so many years. I swear, I hear it when I play any game that's like a first person shooter. I always yeah. hear the enemy is everywhere.
2: I want to say <laughs> I'm going to say two things. Two things. The first one being okay, it's not Mass Effect one related. It's Mass Effect. It's Mass Effect three. But that soundtrack, yeah. Leaving Earth, that they use in some of the trailers, and then every time you have a nightmare right. sequence, yeah, yeah. that blah, That, like with just the piano, is bone-sharing. Hey, yeah, 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 that's right. right. No, I, 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 can, I can hear it in my head now. You're right. That's right. And then it's, talking about NPCs, another voice line, I'm fairly sure all of you guys would have heard if you played Mass Effect 1, is that voice line, I will destroy you. Yes that's right it's the, same,
1: it's the same type of one yeah you're right i s- i swear to this day it doesn't matter what i'm playing counter strike uh it doesn't matter any any first person i hear those sound effects in my head as i come onto the screen it's it's part of me
2: i'll tell you something super awkward yeah. right that line sounds cool in your head right and especially jack even actually says it in mass effect too but i was on a rugby trip yes, once right. under 16 tour a bunch of like testosterone filled rugby players and i'm busy taking a hot shower And one of my uh, teammates decided he was going to prank me and ended up throwing in ice-cold water into the shower. And it was one of the most horrific experiences of my life. And I ran after him, stark naked into like the park where everyone was because I was so angry. And all I remember shouting <laughs> while I'm standing there wearing nothing was I will destroy you. And then straight <laughs> afterwards going, yes. damn yes, that is Yes, was...
0: yes, yes, yes.
2: It's cool in a video game, but it does not work while you're yeah. naked, <laughs> <running> <laughs> in a <each other laughs> <in> rugby field.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're you're there vulnerable naked in a rugby field and that's the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> But, I, I, but it just shows how these sound effects are kind of imbued into our subconscious to some degree. Because it's it's all there, be it uh, from this, for, from classic games like uh, Counter-Strike. I always hear fire in the hole. I don't know if you played that game. In my mind, that's all I ever hear. Fire in the hole.
0: You yeah, know, over like
1: bomb. the intercom, the walkie-talkie. Yeah, walking. exactly, right? Yeah. You There's... even hear the grenade. Tuk, <laughs> tuk, tuk, tuk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really do. That's right. <laughs> yes. Oh, the... It's funny how these become part of your your gaming subconscious now because they're all yes, in there, just waiting for uh, to be rekindled.
0: Especially if the with older games, the older the game mm. is, the more these sound effects just. Especially for S and E S and N E S, this is this is an entire <laughs> bonus episode for music or sound effects for older games. We can get into. Um, I wanted to get back to the music for Mass Effect. I think that the music not only sounds exactly how a sci-fi RPG would sound like, but what I really uh, appreciate is in this game, they use much, much less of an orchestral soundtrack and more synthesized sounds due to the nature of the game, this being a sci-fi game out in space. No orchestra, but synthesized sounds. That's great. It just makes so much sense. But you don't think about that type of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's it's one of those things that you you just you think is just a standard, right? Any sci-fi, yes. it's it synthesizes any gothic, um, uh, uh, say dark souls. It's deep booming bells or or, or dark creaking atmospheres and stuff like yes. that. Yes. But uh, when somebody pulls the f- the funny thing is, if it was devoid of that sound. You, you, it would be ruined. You, you, you wouldn't be able to enjoy. it. You be as immersed as you can be.
0: It really would have
1: with 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 the sound effects in the the citadel or the isolation aspect of being on the, on some of the planets, or even the the lack of uh, sound when you're exploring the planets outside of the 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 Mako the buggy thing. You know, yes, it's, it builds the atmosphere of music creation, and in this game, it does build it so well.
0: All right, let's move on to gameplay i the first note i've made for gameplay is this is easily the worst part for me i did not enjoy the gameplay for this game
2: i I will 100% agree with you like it is junky it's like i think even for a 2007 game it doesn't feel necessarily great especially like coming off the heels of gears of war which was similar combat because you basically just hide behind a three-quarter high wall and then you peek over That's to right. shoot and then you go back underneath. Like, it just, it doesn't, it never, I don't think it ever felt satisfying to me, except maybe with the sniper rifle because the sniper rifle was a defined, and you knew that guy was dead, like he wasn't yeah, getting yeah,
1: up. Yes, right. yes, yes. But you're right, I agree, the gunplay, you know, we all like this gritty... Uh, body dynamics, falling over, shooting people in the head for extra damage. You're right, it was all kind of missing in this. It was serviceable. And that's about as far as the, the, the gunplay felt for me. It You're was... right. So,
0: but it didn't feel... like no. Other games that came out in 2007 was Bioshock and Crysis. Yeah, you know, like the gunplay and all, felt all those... impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, here, I mean, if you shot the Geth, up until they died, they wouldn't react to your bullets at all.
1: Yeah, it's, it's and like I said, I didn't like the overheating mechanic. Like uh, like Kayla was saying, the sniper rifle was cool, but you sometimes do you do one shot, yeah. and then you'd have to wait like five seconds to do another one, which, yeah. which kind of takes it away from trying to be a badass sniper when you're just like uh-huh. you you see them down there and then all of, you've done one shot and then everybody huddles behind their little uh, shields and little granted I give you it's somewhat realistic. But yeah. you want you like most people when they played Mass Effect One, they made Shepard the commander, as in the the gun specialist. Which yes. later, if you actually, well, I I like playing the bio the bio uh with all this floaty sphere things. I forgot what it's called. It actually limits your gameplay quite a lot because all you've got is the guns. You're not a tech specialist. You're not a biotics uh, biotics uh, specialist. You know. Yeah. It, it is the least fun uh playthrough type for me, to play the, the just the weapons one, because the gunplay isn't that fun.
2: Yeah, I'll, no. I'll agree. Like, I feel like Mass Effect 3, for me personally, and I know Mass Effect 2 is my favorite, but Mass Effect mm-hmm. 3 was my favorite in regards to gameplay because you could be any class, but still use every weapon. In Mass that's Effect true. 2, the biotics were a lot more impressive, and I wanted to use them, but I hated being limited to, like, just an SMG or just a pistol. Yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah, that yeah. was annoying. No, I agree, yeah. It- and... and it- <laughs> It's Gooding. so unfortunate.
0: It's so unfortunate, but it does make sense because this game puts a large emphasis on narrative that it wouldn't put as large of an emphasis emphasis on its gameplay. It does make sense, unfortunately, but it also sounds like they figured that out um, when they got to Mass
1: Effect 2 and 3. Yeah. No, I agree. It's, I agree. They focus so much on the plot, which which is it's good. This is a good plot-driven game. Yeah. That things like the gameplay, like the even the Mako, the, the the driving around on the planets, the 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 even like you said, the little mini games were fun, but they weren't particularly complex, i.e. i. unlocking the crates or and cracking these things. They were quite uh simple. Um but like you said, it's it's, it's more story driven. They definitely, uh, definitely. drop the ball, especially in Mass Effect 1. Like you said, like Caleb said, they generatively get better as the two others come on.
0: And that's good to hear. And I can totally see why a lot of people fell in love with the trilogy because it just got better. Mm. There's a, the, the part in Noveria we were talking about earlier um, in this, this settlement that sucked. I think I hated <laughs> it as well because you needed to solve some sort of conspiracy and talk to a dozen different people yeah that's right and they're that so
2: we're... far away from one another yes yeah, they really yes, were that's so... true. i remember that they really that were.
0: part had me pulling my hair out
1: that's not fun at all and shepherd does that like jog run he doesn't ever actually run he just does that weird little even jog when you're sprinting
2: you're run. just jogging with a blurry screen <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah that was that
2: was frustrating i remember
0: no that. i didn't i didn't like that the gameplay i scored it low uh, it's, no, it's a, it's a miss, but I'll have to try Mass Effect 2 and 3 to see if it no, you landed. really do, you really do. Do we have anything else for gameplay? I'm good.
2: I have one go thing ahead. to add. Yeah, the go Mako go actually handles better in the original version than in the Legendary Edition, especially oh. when it comes to steering, because they did the stupid thing that I hated in the Legendary Edition, where wherever you pointed with your turrets... Your car would turn to face it. And in the original, they didn't do that. So you could be driving straight but shooting right, which made killing the Thresher Moors so easy because you could just drive circles around them. But now, because you go wherever the turret points, you kind of have to drive at them, shoot, then turn at the last second.
1: Wow, that's really weird because the Mako wasn't like physically correct. You know, the figures for physics were all off, but it was still a fun little Jeep to drive around places. The idea that they 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 disabled that you're like right that doesn't sound I don't get that that's for the sake of what the turret didn't move in 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 the twenty fourth century or whenever this is set that just seems <laughs> that seems strange I didn't even know that happened in the legendary edition
0: yeah oh well um right performance I played the legendary edition I couldn't get a hold of the three sixty edition this game ran fine I had no issues it had some loading. Mm. A bit like a, a lot of loading. that's it though.
1: no bugs. I think you were relatively lucky, to be honest. I don't know what Caleb thinks.
2: yeah like, i I like never Caleb, experienced Caleb. any game breaking bugs. I think the loading screens were fine. The only thing I hated was the lifts in the citadel.
1: yeah <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I saw it coming. It's weird. I kind of liked them. I must be in the minority here, but I kind of liked the little conversation of the lift. They took too long. But I did kind of enjoy them. That's me. Do you,
2: think,
0: do you think that sometimes the loading stopped? It completed loading. But because the conversations weren't finished. Yeah, it could be. The elevator just kept going. Mm. Was that the case? Did that happen?
1: Mm. Ah,
0: then it's I, a no from me, dog.
1: I had one great glitch, which I'll always remember because it was hilarious. On the Citadel. That you get the opportunity to go, go dancing on the dance floor with Flux' yeah. owner, the little the little fella. And I, my game glitched out so much, I couldn't deactivate the dance. So <laughs> I remember I remember going in there and you're hearing that. And he's just doing his shepherds, just dancing away. And I remember getting up to go make a coffee and nothing changed. And so for about an hour or so, I just left it. And Shepard just danced in the background in my house whilst I was doing things with the little guy for hours on end. It was a weird bug, but it will always be memorable for me to be a very strange, fun moment in the end. That's but like yeah. a
0: good, bad bug.
1: The Mass Effect was buggy. It was. Okay. Unf- okay. The PC, I, I originally played the PC one, so it's not actually the 360. I jumped straight in on the PC when it came out or later on. But well, that was a that, buggy mess.
0: Does that bring down its value for money? Because I don't think it does. It. Do- I don't think it does. There's no, a ton really. a ton of value in this game. There's a lot of game here.
1: Yeah, it depends on your views. Like I said, we, we all get games released now that are buggy messes. It's almost coming yeah. to a standard of the gaming sphere. So it's, it, 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 it's hard to compare because most games are bugged now.
2: Yes. Uh, a handful of the ones that aren't. Um, on. So just in regards to replayability, I'll say any of the Mass Effect games, like, They're all stupidly replayable because whether it's a simple decision of, cool, I'm going to use a custom femme ship or I'm going to make my own version of femme ship or male or female, like gender is one thing. And then you play Paragon, then you play Renegade, then you just go do a run through where you've done things you've never done before. Then you do a focus on exploration. Like each game is so incredibly different. Then you focus on different weapons and you focus on different abilities. You can play this game so many times.
0: It's incredible, really. You really can do that. And Caleb, you're a living testament to the amount of times you can play these games and keep it fresh.
2: 100%, 100%. I feel like I've said 100% far too many times this episode. Yeah,
1: we always think that. Out of curiosity, if if and when your wife decides to play it, are you sitting right next to her, watching her, and just seeing what decisions she she chooses? Or or
2: are you coming to her afterwards? We have a rule that I'm not allowed to watch her play games. Oh, do you backseats?
1: Are you a backseat uh, gamer? I'm not a
2: backseat player, but then she'll always be like, no, because when you watch me, like, then I stress too much. What if I die, etc. Because yeah. like, it's the I same. We'll be playing know. Overwatch together and she'll be getting like a hundred kills. And then like, if I'm just waiting to respawn or something, I'll look at her screen and then she'll just be like, fine, I'll kill myself then. And then she'll just like,
1: <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, you're not allowed to look at all. <laughs> well, fair enough. Like I said, I, I I can understand the gaming bubble, and it is a special place for a lot of people. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I like the idea that you know that, that that's, you're not allowed to look at all. <laughs> you look Don't at your do screen. It. Don't I look at it. mine. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. So 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 you'd come to her after she's completed the game, and then that that's when you're allowed to share uh,
2: views and points, right? That's that's what I The issue is, I've played the game so many times, I'd be like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. And then she'd be like, cool, well, now I'm not going to talk to you. Oh, yeah. That makes sense.
1: I can imagine being the same. That makes sense.
2: So I've got to wait. I've got to wait for her to have played the game multiple times.
1: (laughs) Oh, Oh, wow. Oh,
2: wow.
0: Not just the game, but the the trilogy. Or are you just talking about Mass
2: Effect 2? I'm just talking about all of them oh man oh wow she has to play the trilogy a trilogy of times Mm. good that's
0: a that's a lot of game and that's (laughs) a lot of that's very exciting if that's your thing um but yeah that's mass effect one i'm so i can't believe we tackled this behemoth of a game this is this is a milestone in the gaming industry the first Mm. mass effect game
1: no i agree entirely
0: I'm glad we did it. And Caleb, thank you for joining us. Really, it's been so insightful uh, to hear your opinions from a Mass Effect veteran. Uh, uh, how this game has impacted your life, the gaming industry. Thank you very much.
2: Well, guys, thank you so, so, so much for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. And for those of you who are interested in movies, do not forget to check out Critical Cinema. Wait, is that is that correct? I'm trying to I'm trying <laughs> to slide correct. in. <laughs> ah!
0: yes. Check out Critical Cinema. <laughs> I was on gonna Patreon, ask you, if you've got if you've got any plugs, now's the time.
2: Oh, fantastic plugs! Okay, you guys can follow me on. Uh... Damn, I'm actually, I do this almost every day. Why do I just go blank? Okay, let me start again. <laughs> you guys can follow me on YouTube, Instagram. Those are my two primary platforms. Um, basically, where I focus on anything geek culture related, but primarily focusing on movies and video games.
1: And catch him at Comic-Con uh, in Joburg, right? Because Yes,
2: Comic-Con, Joburg, I'll be presenting, which is yeah. awesome.
1: Good luck with that, Caleb. Really. Thank you. Uh, uh, Thank you. In front of a crowd of people.
0: It's not for the faint of heart, so... No, no well definitely
2: done. not. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate right, it, guys. Right. Thank you.
0: Let's go... So, the scores for Mass Effect mm-hmm. 1. Uh, this is this one's got some weight to it, right? The scores we... Made, the scores we got for Mass Effect, we sent on a big space opera on the Normandy. Sent uh, it across the galaxy to go chase the Reapers, kill Matriarch Benezia... I don't know. Do something with Saren. I haven't gotten that far yet. Uh, It came back to Captain Anderson on the Citadel in the form of a B minus, B minus, which is a a very respectable score, even for the first first one of the the trilogy. Yeah,
1: that's what I was thinking. The first game, it's it's a solid, and it is still a B minus for me. I am biased, uh, but I'd still say B minus is fair because the graphics are a bit meh. The story, the story itself is good. But, but that's what actual, it's about, the story. The companion stories and the actual atmosphere and stuff, that's that's where it gets me. That's where it gets the pluses in I my book. I see. Look.
0: I see. Okay. That makes sense. Well, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Critical Arcade podcast. If you'd be so kind, you could leave us a review on any platform you listen to this podcast mm-hmm. on. It'd help us a lot. Uh, you could follow us on our social channels, on threads, or Instagram, or you could catch me on email. I'm Nick at CriticalArcade.com. And I'm Dave at
1: CriticalArcade.com. But... Besides for your email, Dave, where else can we follow you? Well, by all accounts, I am out and about. Uh, but if you do find me and you do see me, I will have to do that very awkward dance sequence that uh, shepherd did in the <laughs> Flux just around you. I'll just do a 360. doesn't matter whether we're a pharmacist, we're in a restaurant, if we're just busy on the street. I'll do the cheesy little dance until, you know, you get tired of it. So if that's you... your thing, by all means, yep. follow me. But if, you're, if it's Are... not, go on.
0: <laughs> Are you going to do it for hours on end?
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, I will do yes. it hours on end. That that uh, that's, that's my dedication to the to this craft.
0: Yes, that's definitely. a no. That's a no from me. Rather <laughs> follow us on Patreon for uh, Critical Cinema, where we review movies like Aliens um, and <laughs> whatever massive list Caleb is going to give us. Because, <laughs> because yeah, he's of bound to, add to
1: it. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yes, he's already added three hundred. <laughs> yeah,
1: not three hundred like movies. Yeah, the movie. Yeah, not. It's true.
0: Th- <laughs> The movie 300 with Gerard Butler. Um, but, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you would. I'm sure you really could.
0: <laughs> yeah, he'll do it. Uh, Dave, how would you tell us, what have we got lined up for
1: next week? Uh, next week, uh, we've got a game I'm not sure if anyone's heard of. I, I don't know if you've heard of it, Nick. We're playing a Men in Black Alien Crisis for the week. No,
0: no, I've not. I like. Yeah, no, no, no. no, don't, <laughs> <yeah>. no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh so i'm so glad because i'd be like whoa like you know we've we've got his opinion on mass effect but he thinks men in black alien crisis is a great game you know well, you, st- we've not played it we've not played it. We, not to- it we that's don't know that's true that's true it could be amazing <laughs> caleb could be right this could be the greatest game in he could be games. i doubt it but i, I think you know I, i'll go with an open mind
0: yeah um But yeah, uh, check out next week, the Critical Agate podcast for Men in Black Alien Crisis. Caleb, thank you once again for joining us for this episode and we'll see the rest of you next week. Cheers.
2: Cheers. Bye-bye.